Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Graham. We're catching up with Rod Mullins here as we look back at Road America. Tyler Reddick getting his first NASCAR Cup Series win on the road course and uh, beating out uh, a pretty good road course driver in Chase Elliott. Uh, Rod, what are some of the highlights from this past weekend in NASCAR? Well, the highlights are pretty much, I think, in a last uh, little deal that somebody put on with a ratings thing of this past weekend's race. How would you rate this race? And 55% said it was like Martinsville this past spring. It was kind of boring uh, for a lot of people, but it certainly wasn't boring for none other than Tyler uh, Tyler Reddick, who ended up winning for the first time, really, since... Um, I think it was Austin Dillon had won back in 2020, I think, when he won at Texas. So that's the last victory Richard Childress Racing had had. And so he had been close. He had come up short a couple of times. You know, Bristol, when we went to the dirt race down at Bristol back in April, he was on the verge of capturing his first win on that dirt track at Bristol and then ends up getting hit, uh, taken out by um, – Chase Briscoe right there toward the very end and Kyle Busch winning the race at the very end. But I've been calling this for quite a while that sooner or later, Tyler Reddick was going to get in the winner's circle and he did. And he did so in convincing fashion. He's just been a diamond in the rough. I think for, uh, Richard Childress racing here, uh, since they brought him up from the Xfinity ranks, uh, you know, he won a championship there. Uh, I think give or take a little bit now that you've got this momentum going in his direction, it's not going to be long. He's going to be racking up some more wins somewhere along the line, whether it be with Richard Childress for the rem remainder of this season, or if he goes to somebody else before it's over with, he he is a great driver, and I think uh, a lot of people take that for granted with him. And Chase Elliott admitted, you know, hey, he had the better car. Even though he didn't like finishing second place in that race, he had the better car, Reddick did, in order to win that race at Road America. Talk strategy here a little bit. Uh, the two leaders, they and they they led, uh, led or, or ahead of the field for, for a good part mm -hmm. of the last part of the race. Um, they made pit stops, uh, had to kind of work their way back up to the front. And then um, Elliot actually had to lead, I guess, coming out of that. And, and yet, yet Reddick overtook him late. Yeah. And that, that goes again with the way that the car, Richard Childress had talked about this, I think, uh, right after the race on uh, Sunday at Road America, the question was posed to him and asked of him about Tyler Reddick and winning the race. And how did it bode for him for the rest of the season, the way that they had, you know, kind of taken their, their pit stops and they'd done things. Richard Childress said this car was made, uh, this next generation car was made for road courses. And he said, especially with this win uh, for him, for Tyler Reddick, and also based upon what has been popular with some of the drivers, or I should say the fans uh, with some of the drivers so far on the season, we're going to see probably some more road courses added as the season goes along, or at least as the, the schedules are being put together for the seasons uh, going along here from 2023 onward. Uh, but, you know, pit strategy and one of these things, you know, it's important to know that if you go and you get behind um, and you still got a great car, there's ways of you being able to come up through the pack and be able to regain the lead against some of these other cars. Now you're, you're facing situations such as heat. You're also facing the situation of brake wear, rotor, you know, the, the tire wear and so forth like that. But these guys, especially Bill Elliott's son, Chase, and then of course, Tyler Reddick, some of the other teams that have been very well practiced on the road courses, they know when to take their pit stops and they know when to do it. They try to do it together. 
to where at least there's there's the possibility of them being able to you know shoot back to the top of the lead and be able to get there and if you've got the two best teams or the three best teams right there uh, jockeying for that win there uh, it gives them all three a fair chance at being able to come away with a win out of that I think it was interesting though uh, Kurt Busch come away from the weekend Kurt Busch was talking about one of the things that concerned him the most about safety this past weekend with this NASCAR race was the continued heat and the heat inside the car and, you know, running during these races and on race days where the temperature is in excess. And we're talking in excess of sometimes 130, 140 degrees inside that cockpit of that car. And that doesn't bode well for some of the drivers that uh, if they're not used to it or they haven't been used to it, it could mean uh, bad luck for them somewhere down the line. But, you know, Kurt Busch, he brought that up. And I think that was a, a point well taken because how do you handle this sort of thing? Um, it's it's tougher now than what it used to be. Used to be they went and had an igloo, a little igloo cooler, and they poured ice into the cooler, and then they hooked it up with a hose, had a little fan on it, and it blew cold air through that little vent into the driver's helmet. And I know they've got a, a version of that now, but it's not as good as it used to be, or at least maybe the situations have changed. Maybe the temperatures are a little running a little bit hotter there, and that firewall down there makes it a little bit hotter. But, you know, that's another one of those things that kind of figures in with pit stops as well. If your driver is not exactly up to par when he's out there on the course because of the heat or the given uh, the situation of the car. I just can't imagine that. I, I you know, yeah. run races. Uh, I've, right. I've run marathons, and I just can't imagine – dealing with those kind of temperatures for an extended period of time. That's, that's absurd. And yeah, something's got to be done about that. I, I can't imagine what it is, but something's got to be done because that's, that's, that sounds unsafe. Yeah. And you know, here's another thing too. Another figure that comes out of that is how much body fluid or how much weight that a driver loses in a situation like that. So say for example, the, the cockpit is somewhere around 120 degrees and you've got that fire suit on. And of course the fire suit, they have some of them that have been made to uh, kind of a cool suit. Some of the drivers do, but most of the time it's just a straight fire suit is what it is. But here you are and you're in that situation. I think I remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. telling someone that you lose as much as could be between 10 and 20 pounds. I think during a race like that, and most of that is body fluid because somebody asked him the question one time, okay, you're out on the track, you're out there and you've got to go to the bathroom and you've got to do number one, what happens? Well, of course, the first thing was you pretty much do it in your suit is what you end up doing it. But in a lot of cases, as Dale Jr. has said, you know, you don't have to worry about that in some of those races because your body is pulling all this stuff out and the heat is pulling all that stuff out of your body. Therefore, you don't have to go do number one. It's taken care of in that in that immediate regard. But those are still fluids that you need to hold on to to get you through to the rest of the race sometimes. That's crazy. That is yeah. Crazy. So uh, Reddick uh, uh, beats Elliot to the to the uh, checkered flag. Um, Elliot, uh, he, he's not a bad racer on these road courses. Got seven career wins. If he would have yep. won, uh, that would have been an eighth. He would have tied for second all time. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what. What is it that makes him such a good road racer? I, you know, I don't know. I think it's just something that something in him that he just enjoys that kind of scenario. I mean, he enjoys the ovals, but he enjoys 
a race course or a road course that is just, you know, something that is challenging to him. Um, I don't really know if there's a secret in there or not. He just loves a road course. He loves a road course, I think, better than his dad used to. His dad never did like the road courses too well. He was always one of these oval type of people. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those great numbers that comes out. You know, you see him on the verge of being the top winner, at least in that category right there on road course wins. But you know, hey, give or take, we've got still got Watkins Glen coming up here before it's over with, and we've still got the Roval coming up. So, you know, you've still got these road course races that you still have to go to, and he could still be a threat at those at those particular races. I'll tell you what, the funny thing, though, I don't know if you caught this this afternoon, though, Dale Earnhardt Jr. or Jr. Motorsports driver uh, Noah Gregson fined $35,000 docked 30 driver points and 30 owner points, I think, for his run-in at the Road America course this past weekend, I think on the road course that they were racing on. And uh, they ended up, um, Dale Jr., not too happy with his driver. He's in a championship contention sort of thing, and he's also one of those guys that's being looked at for a full-time ride maybe next year on the cup circuit. Uh, Dale Jr. wasn't too happy with him this past weekend. He says he's getting a little bit over-anxious about his driving abilities and so forth, and he needs to be a little bit more aware of what's going on. It's almost like we're seeing another Ross Chastain sort of thing here about the aggressive driving or trying to make opportunities happen. And so Noah Gregson uh, came down this afternoon from NASCAR, $35,000 fine, uh, docked 30, I think, uh, junior motorsports, 30 owner points and something like 30 driver points. So Gregson is uh, now backed up uh, pretty much trying to figure out what he's got to do to win the rest of the season outright in order for him to pick up a championship. And, you know, with this too, again, uh, Tyler Reddick winning this race, the top 16 is all a jumble again. So we're in a jumbled situation. Um, you know, if NASCAR thought that this was going to be the bellwetter of all seasons for this playoff, this was it because we're seeing first time winners and we're seeing these first time winners jumble the entire point spread as to who could possibly win this championship. Yeah. I'm seeing 13 different uh, winners this year. So 13, mm-hmm. th- those 13, of course, are in the top 16 right now. Reddick moving in the ninth with uh, the win uh, and his first win. And he's, he's now ninth in the points. Uh, but uh, no one's won more than two. Uh, that's right. and, we're, and there's eight races to go until we get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of jostling. Kevin Harvick's on the outside looking in right now. Eric yeah. Amarola, Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Michael McDowell, Chris Buescher, uh, Ricky Sinoff Jr., Bubba Wallace, 25th, Ty Dillon. There's some names there that mm-hmm. have work to do, um, and, and even one win might not guarantee it. Yeah, that's it. That one win might not even guarantee them getting into the playoffs. That's where it, we've talked about before, I think, on the podcast. You're going to have to have, maybe in some cases for some of these guys, they're going to have to have two wins. Some of these guys, first-time winners, are going to have to have two wins to get into this ho- sort of thing. Now, Chastain, that's one of them right there. Chastain is, you know, he's kind of proven himself out on the track so far this season, but who else out of that bunch that's the first-time winner, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, you got some others in there. Say, for example, we go and we get Eric Jones. Eric Jones hasn't won a race yet for Petty, but he wins a race. It's still not enough to get him into the top 16, so he's going to have to go back. And likewise, Petty GMS Racing going to have to find out where is our strong point? Where is one of our strong racetracks? And you have to just roll the dice and take your chance and see – 
you know, are we ready for this weekend and hope that we don't get in a wreck or hope that something doesn't take us out or an engine blows up because now all the cards are on the table and the dice has been rolled. We've got to find out who's going to, you know, pledge how much, how much money is going to be thrown in that particular direction of who's going to win. All the chips are down, as we say. Yeah. When I look at the the numbers, I mean, we talk about some, some names here. So the cutoff right now uh, with one win is Suarez at uh, Daniel Suarez at 13th. He's at 420 mm-hmm. points. So Kevin Harvick at 479, Eric Amarola at 452, Eric Jones at 415, Austin Dillon at 405. A mm-hmm. win, and you know they they would jump Suarez, and he he would jump down to he would drop down to 14th. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at some guys here, as you just mentioned there, I mean Bubba Wallace in 25th, he's got 322 points. One win, yep. he's still he's still outside looking in. Uh, exactly. A lot of these guys. Uh, Boy, I, I just noticed Brad Keselowski, 239 points. He easily would need a couple of wins to, to guarantee his spot. He's going to need three or four wins is what he's <laughs> going to need. I mean, he's he's right now, he's in the first year of this deal with um, Roush Fenway and Keselowski Racing, RFK Racing, and here he is. He's not had a good season. They were hoping for better things. Chris Busher has had a better season than what Brad Keselowski has had. But, you know, Keselowski is going to have to have at least – three wins the way I figure it out three wins to even get him into that category. I mean, a win is going to be nice, but it's not going to put him anywhere close to the top 16. It may put him within reach, maybe a bit about a 20th or something, but he's going to have to win again and maybe even force another win to even jump into the top 13 or the top 12, something in that neighborhood to keep him in contention. Now things, stranger things have happened in NASCAR racing, but you know, you know, we could be looking at one of these situations. Uh, going back, you're looking at it right now on the points. Where's Denny Hamlin right now on the points? Oh, where is Denny? He is in fifth right now. Okay. With 394 well, points, with he's the last of the two two uh, two race winners this year. Right. He, 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 there are five five uh, two two time winners this year, and he's in, he's in fifth of those guys. You know what's interesting about Denny Hamlin? I found this stat too, and I got to tell you this. Denny Hamlin leads all NASCAR drivers with 26 penalties in the first 18 Cup Series races this season. That's 1.44 penalties per race. So for me, if I'm Denny Hamlin, uh, you know, I'm happy with that fifth place right now on the point standings. But, you know, you better be careful who you call out and who you're fussing at and who you're wanting to go and accuse of cheating and other things along the line because this stat really jumped out at me. I'm like, really? I did not know that 26 penalties already in 18 races on the season. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot of penalty. I don't even think Hendrick has that many in, in one part of it. I don't think Penske has that. So it's either a telltale sign on the team, I should say, more than anything else on the driver. But, you know, is your team really that dedicated and motivated for him to win? Well, win at all costs. That's what it, it sounds like. And NASCAR has caught him. And, you know, here he is. He's been penalized 1.44 times per race. That's that's a kind of a remarkable stat. He's only got four top tens and three top fives, two wins. So at least right. when he runs well, he wins. But he just yep. hadn't been running well. I mean, four, four top tens in 18 races, that's that's not what you expect out of Denny Hamlin. Well, and when he's won and, you know, he's been lucky to win, he's been up there in the top. When he hasn't won, he's been 
looking close to the top, or at least in the standings, maybe in the top 20 somewhere in there, but he's been downright pitiful in some races. I, I forget how many uh, DNFs he's had so far on the season. At least a couple of DNFs he's had, uh, had to pull behind the wall and didn't come back out again. So, you know, the the season's not exactly, um, has not exactly been in the bag for Denny Hamlin just yet either. Even though he's fifth and those two wins, uh, you know, anything could happen. And the way that shuffling begins here toward, especially these uh, 10 races here toward the, or eight races toward the end of the playoffs, that's going to be the telltale sign for this as to what we're going to expect. And, you know, coming up this weekend, we've already been at Atlanta and Atlanta was praised by so many drivers. Atlanta could make or break some drivers this weekend, I believe, more than anything else. We might see whether or not um, Kevin Harvick gets back into this or not. Uh, we might see a first-time winner, another first-time winner. We might even see a winner for the second straight time. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to be – it's it's all getting nail-biting time, getting down to the very end. Yeah, eight races to go. Atlanta this weekend, Sunday at 3 p.m. on USA Network. Boy, August 27th is the last uh, the last regular season race, uh, Daytona, on a Saturday night on NBC. That don't feel like it's too far off. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. I mean, the way that the summer has been going so far and the way I feel like the summer has been going so far, it's just like, you know, it's whizzing by just so fast and it's just hard to keep up with, with all this stuff. But yeah, you know, that's what we're looking at right now. We're looking at a season that's going by so quick and so fast. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up with, but as for who's going to be there this weekend, I can tell you that of course the entry list, as they have already put it out, Ross Chastain, they've got him at the top of the list. Number 16, the 16 car, the Chevrolet of the uh, colleague racing uh, entry will not be manned by AJ Allmendinger this weekend. It'll be, uh, manned by Noah Gregson. He was 15th and, and he's the one we just talked about here earlier with the, uh, $35,000 fine. He's racing to try to see if he can't get a NASCAR cup ride for next year or whether or not, uh, junior motorsports is just going to come out and surprise everybody toward the end of the year and say, we're going to cup racing next year. We don't know just yet, but that's going to be an interesting call there. They put him in the car this weekend. And then of course, looking down the line of some of the others that they have, it's the general uh, group of what we have. BJ McLeod will be back in that group again. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse. Um, I don't know if a lot of people have caught this or not. Ricky Stenhouse signed a uh, extension with his contract with JTG Daughtery Racing. And so he's going to be racing for them, I think, for another year or two. And uh, Eric Jones still in contract talks with uh, Richard Petty and with uh, GMS Racing. So it's all kind of panning out here. The silly season has not really jumped out at us too much. But, you know, as we start getting down to five races and three races and then into the playoffs. That's where we're going to really jump into this silly season a little bit more. And one other note too, I have to tell fans about this. Uh, those that listen, you know, Atlanta has been reconfigured, uh, completely new, um, banking there on the track, new pavement. Uh, the drivers, a lot of people were very negative about how this was going to all pan out for them, but they ran that first race at Atlanta. Uh, of course that was during cooler weather. Now we're going to see how hot it's going to be this coming weekend at Atlanta. It'll either provide more stick and more ability to be able to hold on the track, or it could make it to where it is, 
so greasy and so oily on that track that some of these cars may not be able to hold their uh, hold their own going into the turn. So we'll just have to wait and see how this race is going to be coming up in Atlanta this weekend. Forecast for Atlanta this weekend, 80 degrees, mostly cloudy, rain in the morning. It'll be humid. It won't be necessarily that yeah. hot, but the humidity will be pretty, pretty substantial. So, um, not not necessarily good news as far as that goes. We ought, it'll, it'll cut ought to down. Be well, it'll cut down on speeds. It'll cut down on speeds a little bit. I know it'll slow them down. And then the uh, the always ever popular thing of clean air, you're going to have that moist air in there, that humidity in there that's going to kind of slow those cars down uh, just a little bit. But, you know, is it going to help on sticking to the track? No, 80 degrees is not that bad. Now, if we were talking 90 some degrees, yeah, I could make it a very sticky track before it's over with, but I don't think so. Not in this case. I think it'll be a it'll be a, a fairly loose track is what it will be out there, and they're just going to have to judge and see what they can come up with in their setups uh, prior to going into Atlanta. I see humidity in the ninety percent range yep. for race for race time, yep. so that's going to be another one, another another problem there for the drivers in their in their in their cars. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Rod, thank you as always for your time and your insight. Look forward to talking to you next week. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.